0: Welcome to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. This program was originally broadcast live on 93.9 KPDQ. We hope you enjoy the show. Well,
1: good afternoon and welcome to the Friday edition of the Georgine Rice Show. We'll take a look at some of the headline news and then later this hour, a look at the lighter side of the news along with James Blend. And in the second hour of today's program, the Christian Outlook. Eric Metaxas invited Victor Davis Hansen to look at the state of our nation and the decline of trust and politicized institutions. We'll also hear from Dr. Albert Moeller as he looks at the pressures on Christians to conform, to conform to how the world wants them to think and even believe. And we'll hear from Pastor Chris Davis about his book, Bright Hope for Tomorrow, how anticipating Jesus' return gives strength for today. That's coming up today on the Georgine Rice Show. The first to look at some of the headline news. Well, the U.S. military shot down an object, Flying in territorial waters over Alaska. Now, rather interestingly, it's an object. We don't know what precisely it was, where it came from, or any of the other details. Congressional correspondent Aisha Hasney reported that the U.S. military shot down an object that was flying in territorial waters over Alaska. National Security Council spokesperson John Kirby said this afternoon during a White House press briefing, I can confirm that the Department of Defense was tracking a high altitude object over Alaska airspace in the last 24 hours. The object was flying at an altitude of 40,000 feet and posed a reasonable threat to the safety of civilian flight. Out of an abundance of caution, the recommendation of the Pentagon, President Biden ordered the military to down the object. And they did. And it came in uh, inside our territorial waters, uh, Kirby went on to say. He added that the object landed on frozen water and that fighter aircraft assigned to U.S. Uh, Northern Command took down the object within the last hour. This was earlier today, of course. He also added that the object was much, much smaller than the spy balloon that we took down last Saturday. The way it was described to me was roughly the size of a small car as opposed to a payload that was like two or three buses in size. Kirby said that he doesn't know of any outreach to the Chinese government about the object and said that the government doesn't know who owns the unmanned object. Again, referring to it as an object. We do not know who owns it, whether it's uh, state-owned or corporate-owned or privately-owned. Well, Kirby said that the object was shot down because it was flying at around 40,000 feet and could have posed a threat to civilian aircraft versus the Chinese spy craft discovered last week, which he said was at 65,000 feet and posed no threat to civilian aircraft. Air Force Brigadier General Pat Ryder, a Pentagon spokesperson, said on Friday afternoon that the military has located the significant amount of debris from the object, stating that it was shot down by an F-22 using an A-9X missile out of Joint Base Elmford uh, Richardson in anchorage alaska he said the object entered u.s airspace on thursday the debris had, that has uh, been recovered so far is being loaded onto vessels taken ashore cataloged and then moved uh, uh, to a place uh, where it can uh, be analyzed and while i won't go into specifics due to um, the classification reasons i can say that we have located a significant amount of debris so far that will prove helpful to a our further understanding of this balloon and its surveillance capabilities. Now, it's not clear to me if he's referring to the object that they just captured or one that they captured earlier this week, referring to it this time as a balloon and its surveillance capabilities. We have no further details about the object at this time, including any description of its capabilities, purposes, or origins. Just over a week ago, defense officials said that a Chinese spy craft was spotted over Billings, Montana, after it had been spotted earlier over other areas, after it traveled a high altitude around 60,000 feet, it was shot down on Saturday by F-22 using a single A-9X missile. The president ordered the on February 3rd that the spy craft should be shot down whenever the military determined that it was safe to do so without potentially harming civilians on the ground. Now, this is interesting because now we're being told that the president ordered on February 3rd that the spy craft should be shot down whenever the military determined that it uh, was safe to do so. This is the first that that particular early date is mentioned uh, and the president uh, issuing an order or a recommendation, however you want to characterize it. Uh, having to do with the Chinese balloon, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin, the third, said in a statement after the balloon was shot down that the president gave his authorization to take down the surveillance balloon as soon as the mission could be accomplished without undue risk to American lives under the balloon's path. After careful analysis, the military commanders had determined downing the balloon whether over land posed an undue risk to people across a wide area due to the size and altitude of the balloon and its surveillance payload. In accordance with the president's direction, the Department of Defense developed options to take down the balloon safely over our territorial waters while closely monitoring its path and intelligence collection activities. So, again, this is a little bit of a different version. Maybe we're just being given more information, but my expectation is that we'll have a clearer picture at some point in the not too distant future. Meanwhile, FBI agents found one additional classified document inside former Vice President Mike Pence's Carmel, Indiana home during a five hour search on Friday. The former vice president agreed to let the FBI search his home following the discovery of classified documents at the property in mid-January. Agents are also expected to search his Washington, D.C. office in the coming days. The Department of Justice completed a thorough and unrestricted search of five hours um, and removed one document with classified markings and six additional pages without such markings that were not discovered in the initial review by the vice president's counsel. That's a quote from the former vice president's advisor, Devin O'Malley, according to The New York Times, the vice president uh, has directed his legal team to continue its cooperation with the appropriate authorities and to be fully transparent through the conclusion of this matter, end quote. Well, a private attorney for the former vice president, Pence, was at the home while the FBI conducted its search. Uh, Pence, a potential 2024 presidential contender, is out of state with family on the West Coast after his daughter had a baby, according to a spokesperson. Jack Smith, a federal lawyer appointed by the Attorney General Merrick Garland to investigate former President Donald Trump's potential mishandling of classified documents, as well as allegations of election interference, subpoenaed the former vice president on Thursday. Pence and his legal team had originally disclosed findings about a dozen classified documents at his home on January 16th. Two days later, his attorney notified the National Archives uh, the former vice president's aides initially searched the home out of caution after the revelation that classified documents had been found inside President Joe Biden's think tank office and in his Delaware garage. Pinned in a perimeter, the suspect accused of shooting two police officers has been taken into custody after a tense standoff near a mall. No action was taken. The father of a teen who ended her life after a school beating demands justice being monitored. U.S. Senator John. Fetterman, the Democrat from Pennsylvania, newly elected, remains hospitalized in Washington, D.C., Thursday night and into today after feeling lightheaded while attending a Democratic retreat in the nation's capital on Wednesday. Senator Fetterman, who suffered a stroke during his campaign in May of uh, last year, stayed another night at George Washington University Hospital to undergo testing. His office said Thursday night that an MRI and tests conducted so far have come back negative for another stroke or a seizure. Though well, there haven't been any signs of a seizure thus far. Communications Director Joe Calvello said Fetterman was still being monitored with the uh, EEG, an instrument that measures brain waves. Not going to stop. Protesters renew their calls to change the Kansas City chief's name just days before the Super Bowl. Internal ATF documents show zero tolerance guidelines for shutting down gun stores. O's America's answers. Well, the Democrats uh, is unloading on the president's decision to delay the takedown of the Chinese spy flight. Senator Joe Manson, the Democrat from West Virginia, is reportedly livid with how President Biden has begun implementing the inflama- in- Inflammation Inflation is that as well Inflation Reduction Act, the major Democrat Party legislation that was signed into law only after the senator from West Virginia pledged to support it. Even though Manchin pledged support for the bill after months of debate with party members and the president on proposed legislation. Politico reported Thursday that he has been raising cane, if you will, on Capitol Hill over how the administration is rolling it out. In a blistering statement, the lawmaker torched Democrats, his fellow Democrats, who view the act as a vehicle to fight climate change rather than an energy-securing measure. He called their perspective flawed, although he used more graphic language, and accused them of seeking to starve Americans out of energy. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. Quick break. We'll be back.
0: You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. is aired on ninety three point nine KPDQ.
1: Hey, welcome back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. Coming up later this hour, the lighter side of the news with James Blend. Well, James Carville is being blasted for calling Republicans white trash after the State of the Union, and in a showcase of anger, Nicole Hannah Jones blasted a demeaning drugstore experience because of locked up merchandise. Welcome to the world the rest of us live in. In labor unrest, NBC and MSNBC journalists walked off the job amid a labor dispute, insisting the Comcast-owned networks are breaking the law. Hard to have fun? Whoopi Goldberg scolded the media for ruining jokes between co-hosts. Like a religion, Disney adults are trending again online after some commentators have accused them of clogging up wait lines at theme parks that are mostly designed for young children. The term Disney adult describes an adult who enjoys and is in some cases borderline obsessive with all things Disney. Well, that love for Disney can translate into spending money on tickets, costumes and even Disney themed tattoos. In the past, some have even compared love for Disney to religion. The hashtag Disney adult is extremely popular online and it's gained over one point two billion views on TikTok alone. Transgender children are at risk. So says a whistleblower exposing an alarming medical practice. The Free Press reports that a former case manager at the Washington University Transgender Center in St. Louis has come forward to blow the whistle on the way American medical system is treating transgender children. The case manager, Jamie Reed, worked at the center for four years and is now speaking out, despite the risks, to draw attention to what she believes is morally and medically appalling treatment of vulnerable patients. According to Reed, the center's doctors and therapists lacked formal protocols for treating and relied on their own expertise to prescribe hormones to patients that can have life-altering consequences, including sterility. Reed also expressed concern about the sudden increase in teenage girls declaring themselves transgender and seeking testosterone treatments, many of whom had... Uh, comorbidities such as depression, anxiety, autism, and more. She argues that this may be a manifestation of social contagion rather than an innate gender identity and that patients are being permanently harmed by the medical system. Vladimir Putin is prepping a massive army of 500,000 for an imminent invasion, according to a Ukrainian uh, official. Russia is preparing to launch a powerful new offensive in 10 days time involving up to 500,000 conscripts and thousands of pieces of military equipment with the aim of capturing the entire Donbass region in eastern Ukraine, according to Kiev's military officials. Ukrainian officials said foreign analysis have been predicting for weeks that the Kremlin was gearing up for a decisive push to seize the battlefield initiative from Kiev's forces in the hope of scoring a major victory in time For the February 24th, first anniversary of the war, according to the official, Russia has already amassed an estimated 1,800 tanks, 3,950 armored vehicles, 2,700 artillery systems, 810 Soviet era uh, multiple rocket launch systems, 400 fighter jets and 300 helicopters. Well, the Federal Bureau of Investigation rescinded a report on radical traditionalist Catholic ideology on Thursday, one day after an FBI whistleblower published the document and the Daily Signal reached out to the FBI for comment. Former FBI agents condemned the document for citing the Southern Poverty Law Center, a left-wing smear factory infamous for branding mainstream conservatives and Christian organizations hate groups and placing them on a map with Ku Klux Klan chapters. While our standard practice is to not comment on specific intelligence products, this particular field office product disseminated only within the FBI regarding racially or ethnically motivated violent extremism does not meet the exacting standards of the FBI. The FBI told the Daily Signal in a statement emailed on Thursday. China's espionage efforts have been exposed with the confirmation of the spy balloon technology. The Chinese balloon that crossed the U.S. was outfitted with antennas likely capable of collecting communications. A senior State Department official said Thursday, adding that the administration is pre- preparing to take action against China's surveillance program. Providing details, the U.S. has gathered since tracking and shooting down the balloon. The official said the balloon was also equipped with large solar panels capable of powering an array of intelligence collection sensors. The manufacturer of the balloon has a direct relationship with the Chinese military, the officials added. However, they did discover that some components of this uh, spy machine, if you will, were made by Western countries. The GOP has requested Hunter and James Biden documents related to his business dealings. Representative James Comer, chairman of the House Oversight Committee, sent letters to the president's son, Hunter, the president's brother, James, and their former business manager, seeking documents and communications relating to foreign business pursuits with individuals who were connected to the Chinese Communist Party. Taking cash for censorship, the ad industry is under fire for blacklisting conservative news outlets. A new investigation by the Washington Examiner reveals a disturbing trend in the world of advertising. Secret blacklists are being compiled by well-funded groups claiming to fight against disinformation. These blacklists are then being provided to ad companies with a goal of defunding and shutting down conservative news websites. One such group, the Global Disinformation Index, or GDI, is a British organization with two affiliated U.S. nonprofit groups. This group has been Uh, Shaping the ad world behind the scenes, collecting funding uh, to track disinformation as they define it, and creating a dynamic exclusion list of at least 2,000 websites based on their alleged disinformation risk factor. Uh, Xander, a major ad company purchased by Microsoft for a billion dollars, has subscribed to GDI's exclusion list, which includes 10 websites that all lean to the right and have been labeled as the worst offenders for spreading disinformation. The list is developed with the oversight of GDI's advisory panel made up of journalists, professors and data scientists. The Washington Examiner and many other conservative news outlets have been affected by this blacklisting with a decreasing in advertising revenue. The blacklisting of conservative news websites and the loss of ad dollars is a threat to free speech and the diversity of opinion in the media. A second Republican council member has been shot dead in New Jersey. A New Jersey municipal council member who was shot dead in his car on Wednesday exactly a week after the unsolved slaying of Councilwoman Eunice Dwumfor, Russell Heller, 51, was found dead at least, uh, I should say, just after 7 a.m. in a parking lot at uh, the local energy company where the Republican worked. Police officers quickly ID'd the former employee, Gary Curtis, 58, as a suspect, and found him dead in his car from a suspected self-inflicted gunshot around three and a half hours after the slaying. Project Veritas founder James O'Keefe has been ousted, a whistleblower has uh, come forward regarding the recent news that O'Keefe has been put on leave and stripped of his role in the company. According to this unnamed whistleblower, O'Keefe has fallen victim to a lack of proper corporate structure at Ver- Project Veritas, which is divided into two separate organizations with different boards and funding. The whistleblower alleges that two ringleaders have taken advantage of the situation to push O'Keefe out. The He Gets Us campaign made a $20 million Super Bowl ad by the multi-year billion dollar effort to market the message of Jesus Christ to a skeptical population. will get to high visibility on Sunday when the He Gets Us campaign airs two commercials totaling 90 seconds during the Super Bowl. The campaign was launched in 2022 to reach people with the truth of the gospel through TV, radio, digital ads, billboards and experimental platforms. With a $100 million budget, the ads highlight the humanity of Jesus, showing how he was a a refugee, had disdain for hypocrisy, and was also unfairly judged, like other marginalized members of modern society. His deity, however, is lacking from the content. It's official. Donald Trump is back on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Let the games begin. Well, on this day in history, eighteen forty, British uh, Britain's Queen Victoria marries Prince Albert. Nineteen thirty-six, Nazi Germany's Reichstag passes a law investigating. Uh, the Gestapo secret police with absolute authority exempt from any legal review. Imagine that. 1959, a major tornado tears through the St. Louis area, killing 21 people and causing heavy damage. 1962, the Soviet Union exchanges captured American U-2 pilot Francis Gary Powers for Rudolf Abel, a Soviet spy held by the United States. 1967, the 25th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution dealing with presidential disability and succession is ratified as Minnesota and Nevada adopt it. 1968, the U.S. figure skater Peggy Fleming, 19, wins America's only gold medal of the Winter Olympic Games and Grenoble, France, in the ladies' single event. 1992, Roots author Alex Haley dies in Seattle at age 70. 2004, the White House, trying to end doubts about President George W. Bush's Vietnam era military service, releases documents it says proves he met his requirements in the Texas Air National Guard. And 2009, the Senate approves President Barack Obama's giant economic stimulus measure. And finally, on this day in history, 2009, U.S. and Russian communication satellites collide in the first ever crash of its kind in orbit shooting out a pair of massive debris clouds you're listening to the georgine rice show we'll take a break when we return i'll take a look at the lighter side of the news so stay with us
0: you're listening to the georgine rice show podcast is aired on 93.9 kpdq
1: hey welcome back you're listening to the georgine rice show james blend joins me now to take a look at the lighter side of the news welcome james
2: well, it's good to be here as you know, the producer of the show i have to tell you that i thought the Opening to the segment was kind of weak. I feel like you should probably do it again.
1: Seriously? It was weak in what way?
2: I don't know. Not enough fanfare behind my name, mostly.
1: I'll see if I can muster up some sort of false energy.
2: It's Friday. All energy is false.
1: <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. And if things couldn't get any better, James Blend joins me to take a look at the lighter side of the news. I know, I know. Hold your applause Welcome, James. Was that better?
2: That was so much better. I can, I can uh, hear a sigh of relief coming throughout Portland.
1: <laughs> Is that what that was? No. Super Bowl 57. Now, I had to look it up. Why do they insist? I mean, it's a football game. Why do they insist on LVII? LVII. Just write fifty-seven. This is America for crying out loud! It's the twenty-first century. Why do they have to put the Roman numerals? That's what I want. I have to I look it up every of, time. I
2: consider them like the gladiators of yore, I suppose. But uh, yeah, I mean, I know my Roman numerals pretty well, but I it takes. I it's not like you look at it and go instantly. Oh, fifty-seven.
1: Well, half the country can't read, and then you have to have a lot. There's that too. Anyway, at Super Bowl fifty-seven. I looked it up. The Chiefs. Versus the Eagles. I guess I'm not really that excited about it.
2: I, I believe there's now officially that makes a, one more uh, Super Bowl than there have been Rocky films.
1: Yeah, that might be uh, that might be the case. I really, you know, Dan Rice determines for me which teams I'm excited about. If he's excited about a the team, then suddenly I'm excited about that team. Uh, this time around, you know, doesn't really matter. Uh, it'll be fun to watch the two. Uh, young quarterbacks uh, rival one one another. It'll be interesting to see the um, the game, to see the ads, and all of that. And by the way, one hundred million people are expected to to watch, and uh, ads seven million dollars for ads. They wow. also te- yeah they also tell us one point five billion wings uh, will be consumed on Super Bowl Sunday. It's enough to circle the circumference of the earth three times. That's a lot of circumference. That's a lot of circumference. And of course, depending on how much uh, you eat, your circumference might uh, just expand as well. Well, there was an interesting article, how the boneless wing became a tasty culinary lie that I wanted to share with you in case uh, you're into wings. You know, if there's no bone in it, it's not a wing. That's uh, That's just a fact. One day in 2022, at the pandemic's height... An earnest looking man with long hair the color of buffalo sauce stepped up to a podium in Lincoln, Nebraska, to address his city council during its public comment period. His unexpected topic, as he framed it, it was time to end the deception. I propose that we as a city remove the name boneless wings from our menus and from our hearts. I'm quoting from Andrew Christensen, who managed to be both persuasive and tongue in cheek at the same time. We've been living a lie for far too long. With a Super Bowl at hand, behold the cheerful untruth that has been perpetuated upon and generally with the blessing of the chicken-consuming citizens of the United States on menus across the land, a boneless wing that isn't a wing at all. Odds are you already knew that, though spot checks over the past year at a smattering of wing joints um suggests that a healthy amount of a healthy number of americans don't but those little white meat nuggets tasty as they may be offer a glimpse into how things have um, marketed things are marketed how people believe them and whether it matters to anyone but the chicken is a falsehood well this weekend again according to the national chicken council americans are set to eat 1.45 billion chicken wings So if you ever wanted a deep dive into what it means to eat the wings that aren't and how the chicken wings proximity to good times and football sent us um, soaring, now's the time. Today's food landscape is brimming with these gentle imposters, things we eat that pass off as other things. Now, this is a serious matter, it seems to uh, seems to me.
2: You know what the biggest one for me is? As we get ready for like fair season in the summer and whatnot. Yeah. I was so disappointed to find out that elephant ears aren't actually elephant.
1: Yeah. Then there's this. Surimi is fish that effectively becomes crab or lobster. Uh, For many of us, the stars in California rolls um, across the land are most likely not um, either crab or lobster. Carrots are cut and uh, they're... Buffed until their edges are curved and smooth um, and they become baby carrots. They're not baby carrots at all. They are. um, Mangled adult carrots. The Impossible Burgers are plant based delicacies that carry many of meat's characteristics without ever having been near an animal. And Chilean sea bass, not a bass at all, but a rebrand of something called Patagonian toothfish. Now, who wants to sit in a restaurant and say, "I want the Patagonian toothfish"? So we are um, yes, under I'd the like deception like of nice Chilean bass. Of that, yeah. Well, part of the reason for the rise of the boneless wing is money. In recent years, with prices of actual chicken wings rising, the alternative became more cost effective. The average price for prepared boneless wings is four ninety-nine a pound compared to $8.38 a pound for the bone-in wing, according to a senior vice president of communication for the National Chicken Council. Citing the U.S. Department of Agriculture, he calls it a way to move more boneless, skinless breast meat That continues currently to be in ample supply. So you're not eating a wing at all. No. This is breast meat masquerading as a chicken wing. Ladies and gentlemen, it has to stop. They did say that this year uh, chicken wings are the price has gone down just a bit and they're more uh, available than they were just a year or so ago. But now, you know, if you're going to somebody's house, you need to ask, is this a chicken wing? Is there a bone in? Uh, if not, most likely it's a chicken breast masquerading as a a, a chicken wing.
2: It's funny you mentioned uh, seafood. We went for lunch earlier today, a bunch of us from the station and uh, to a seafood place. And uh, by golly, if Patagonian toothfish had been on the menu, <laughs> I'm really sure I would have dared somebody to get it. I ha- That's just, you have to do that.
1: I went to a restaurant once here in town. It's a reputable restaurant. I've gone there many times and they... We're serving monkfish, saying that it tastes just like lobster. I love lobster. I ordered the monkfish. I could barely gag down a bite, let alone eat the whole thing. Uh, You know, you need to know the truth. It will set you free. Monkfish is not lobster. It didn't taste like lobster. It didn't smell like lobster. And it didn't look like lobster. On the plus side, it was
2: very silent.
1: It was. A chicken wing has a bone in and a... Bird can't fly without it. I don't know about you, but I feel better. James, you feel better?
2: I feel infinitely better, yes.
1: Well, while you're feeling better, I just want to remind you that next week, your favorite holiday. Well, it's not really even a holiday. It's an occasion. Valentine's Day. Oh, yes. And I know you and uh, Selena, you don't really celebrate, acknowledge, or do anything special for Valentine's Day. But I thought I would try to get you in the mood with a few Valentine's Day jokes.
2: Okay, this should be good. Are you open? Uh, I, I am open.
1: Okay, here's some Valentine's Day one-liners. What holiday do pigs celebrate every February? Valentine's Day. Ooh. Okay, wait, I got another one. How did the phone propose to his girlfriend? He gave her a ring. What do squirrels give each other on Valentine's Day? Forget-me-nuts. Why did the police officer arrest her boyfriend? He stole her heart. What does a vampire call his sweetheart? His ghoul friend. What do the stamps say to the envelope on Valentine's Day? I'm stuck on you. What do you call two birds in love? Tweed hearts. Why is lettuce the most loving vegetable? Because it's all heart. What did the beluga say to his girlfriend on Valentine's Day? Well, you be mine? And what did the pencil say to the paper? I dot my eyes on you. Huh, James? Huh? Are you feeling it? Maybe not so much? Not so much. Okay, here's your knock-knock. You have to respond. You have to play the game because I'm getting you in the mood. Valentine's Day knock-knock jokes. Okay, knock-knock.
2: Who's there? Peas. Peas who?
1: Peas be my Valentine.
2: All right, try one more on Knock, knock. Who's there? Abby. Abby who?
1: Abby Valentine's Day. Knock, knock. Who's there? Atlas. Atlas who? At last it's Valentine's Day.
2: <laughs> all right, I got one for you.
1: Yeah? Knock, knock. Who's there? Break time. Oh, All right. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show, and we'll be back.
0: You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ.
1: Hey, we're back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. I'm trying desperately to get uh, James in the mood to acknowledge Valentine's Day. Never going to happen. The tradition in his household is, uh, it's nothing. I mean, it's barely anything at our house. I do make it a big deal for my mom. In fact, every year, On the 13th of February, because I every holiday, every special occasion, I decorate her apartment. She spends a lot of time, and this is in our home, in the lower part of our home. Uh, She spends a lot of time there. So every season, uh, if it's fall, there are fall decorations. If it's Christmas, she's got Christmas decorations. At Valentine's Day, there are Valentine's. I have these um, helium balloons and flowers and chocolates because my dad always gave my mother uh, roses and chocolates for Valentine's Day. If it's May Day, there's a May basket. Anyway, uh, so we we put all of our energy and effort in focusing on her. So it's not a big deal in our household either. But I just felt like I wanted to try to capture James Blen's imagination this Valentine's and Day.
2: I would say in my defense, too, while well, my wife usually and I choose to celebrate each other on, at different times of the year when when not dealing with... You know, Hallmark and, uh, you know, packed restaurants and no sales. Um, The uh, over the past couple of years, we have gotten very involved in our daughter's Valentine's Day. Yeah. And that she we help her fill out her cards for her classmates and pick out a little candy to bring to, to, to school to share with her friends. And inevitably, she makes us Valentine's and brings them home at school. And those are really meaningful. So I will give credit for that.
1: Yeah. And that's that's sweet. But you're not going to get out of the knock knock uh, jokes that easily. I've got a few I was more. hoping
2: I was be able to stall long. Okay, enough. this is gonna
1: this is gonna really soften your heart. Knock knock. Who's there? Emma.
2: Uh, she's in the other office. Yeah. Oh wait, that was I, wrong line. Sorry.
1: Knock knock. Who's there? Emma. Emma who? Emma, hoping I get a lot of cards on Valentine's Day. Knock knock.
2: Who's there? Al. Al who?
1: I'll be your valentine if you'll be mine. Huh? You're really starting to crack, right? Knock, knock. Who's there? Be. Be who? Be my valentine. Knock, knock.
2: Who's there? Frank. Again, other office. (laughs) Frank who?
1: Frank you for being my friend. Knock, knock.
2: Who's there? Egg. Egg who? Who?
1: Excited to be your Valentine. Knock, knock.
2: Sorry, I was making something in the kitchen. Who's there? Fonda. Fonda who?
1: Fonda you. Oh, uh, brother! Aren't you kind of in the mood now? Okay, here are you a few- know the,
2: the thing about it is, is it, it, it occurs to me that we we spent a couple minutes on these in the last segment and a few here. The interesting trivia is that it's time we will never actually get back.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's some things you can't unsee, unhear. No, and you can't go back in time
2: and say, Whoa guys, that was a bad idea. Don't do that bit.
1: Well I'll tell you what, let me uh let me just replace that with something else. Some Valentine's Day puns. Okay, puns I can do. You've got a pizza my heart. Okay. I have lu- <laughs> let's get this. I love you like no otter. Don't go bacon, my heart. Words can't espresso how much I love you. If you were a triangle, you'd be a cute one. Uh, What did the the chef give his wife on Valentine's Day? A hug and a quiche. Why do skunks celebrate Valentine's Day? They're very sentimental. What did the or say to the other? Can I interest you in a little romance? And finally, what do you call a romance in a fish tank? Guppy love. Huh? Are you feeling it now, James? You going to run out and buy a box of chocolates?
2: Uh, I mean, life is like a box of chocolates. I mean.
1: Okay. Here are just a few jokes that maybe this will help you. How can you save money on Valentine's gifts? How? By staying single. That's fair. (laughs) That's entirely accurate. Why would Forrest Gump be a good Valentine?
2: Because he likes to buy chocolates?
1: He'd probably gift a box of chocolates. There you go. Who always has a date on Valentine's Day? A prune? The calendar. Oh. I'm going to spend Valentine's Day with my true love. Food. Food. What do you say to your single friends on Valentine's Day? Happy Independence Day! Forget Valentine's Day. Okay, I'm just waiting for the discounted chocolate.
2: Ah, which by the that way, can go for
1: yeah, which is a good. Uh, we have done that before, where we've gotten the gotten some candy afterward.
2: I think uh, the uh, the big thing for my wife is she's waiting for the. Uh, the Valentine's candy to go because that means the Easter candies will start coming in.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's all about the candy. What's the difference between a twenty dollars steak and a fifty five dollars steak? The February fourteenth. There you go. Yeah, that's uh, that's really what the holiday is all about. But now that you have uh, been transformed, now you're really into it. Uh, I'm I sure you guys are gonna have a great team
2: uh, my excitement, oh, the transformation you have brought
1: to me, yeah, it's really quite impressive I'm impressed all right i'll I'll move on Thank well, you. two people in Florida, <laughs> two people in Florida were arrested after one of them made a nine one one call to get help with moving their belongings from a home they were burglarizing, according to authorities. Hey, huh, <laughs> yeah, you heard me. They were burglarizing a home and apparently hadn't planned on how they were going to move the larger items from the residence. Well, deputies responded to a home Saturday uh, after a 911 call was made, but nobody spoke. The Polk County Sheriff's Office uh, said at the home, the deputies conce- uh, concluded that nobody lived there. But they found a male suspect and his girlfriend inside the home after uh, entering through an unlocked door. Well, deputies had been searching for the suspect. After identifying him from security video as a burglar at a a local um, retail outlet. Well, anyway, he had actually called 911 to help move some of the stuff he had um, stolen from other locations. Needless to say, the male suspect was charged with burglary and theft related to the store and also burglary of a residence. Don't try this at home. I think that yours or someone else's. Yeah, just a bad idea. Well, a California couple's dog is now a Guinness World Record holder after her longest eyelash was measured at seven inches long. How do you even blink when you have a seven-inch long eyelash?
2: And in a related note, uh, the owners were charged with animal neglect. I would get I mean, how, yeah, how do you not notice something like that on your pet either?
1: I mean, are you supposed to trim your... Pet's eyelashes? I don't
2: think so, but I think you'd also notice one growing
1: awry. <laughs> I'm guessing he had lots of them that were long. I wore false eyelashes once. Well, I attempted to wear them. I bought a pair, and I thought, you know what? My eyes are pretty much bald, and I bought them. I could not for the life of me get those things on right. I had, like, two rows of eyelashes so that when I blinked, you could feel the breeze. Um, it was not It was not good. Seven-inch eyelashes, but a Guinness World Record. And isn't that really all that matters so a dog folks. has
2: a Guinness World Record. And we still haven't figured out how to get one ourselves.
1: No, we. Uh, I
2: feel a little underaccomplished right now.
1: Yeah, I don't. Uh, I'll be starting even to grow out to my say.
2: eyebrows over the weekend.
1: Well, there you go. Well, officials at a Turpentine Creek Wildlife Refuge in Arkansas say it's common for private owners to release exotics into non-native environments. A wild cat that's native to Africa was recently found and rescued. Uh, from a live trap in Missouri after a farmer emailed a tip to a wildlife sanctuary that specialized in big cat care. Well, the wildlife refuge uh, responded to the emergency rescue email and retrieved the African serval that had been living in a forested area in Missouri, which is a small rural city. Um, I think it's Ava in the Ozark mountains. Well, in a press release issued uh, uh, earlier in the month, the sanctuary revealed that locals had spotted the sub-Saharan cat passing through the area in the last half year, but they didn't know that it was an exotic animal. Several uh, servals, rather, are considered um, medium-sized carnivorous wild cats that usually live in savanna habitats, according to African Wildlife Foundation. The species is said to be a native to more than 35 African countries, and wildlife experts. Uh, recognize 19 different species well appearance wise servals uh, have tawny fur coats with black spots and they have long necks long legs large ears but they can look like you know just a domesticated cat well in this situation um they thought they had a just a regular although rather tall uh, feline and it turns out it was a, a wild cat a serval from africa so be careful what you uh, what you bring in the house, what you set milk on the back porch uh for and food because you never quite know what you're going to um end up with. Knock knock. Who's there? The Christian. The Christian who?
2: The Christian Outlook is next.
1: Oh, The Christian Outlook. We'll we'll take a break. I think we've got news and traffic coming up at the top of the hour. And when we return this week's Christian Outlook, Victor Davis Hansen on the state of the nation and the decline in trust in our public institutions. Doctor Albert moeller looks at the pressures on Christians to conform. And Pastor Chris Davis, the author of Bright Hope for Tomorrow, How Anticipating Jesus' Return gives strength for today. Great book, by the way. We'll be back. Thanks for
0: listening to the Georgine Rice Show Podcast.